ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon. Joined, as always, by a man who's been in the garden making some taters. It's Captain Taters. I grow taters, uh, then I mash them. Love mashing taters, Sills. It's a great pastime. That is right, but today's pastime we're going to be talking about is that great American pastime, professional wrestling, because we are on our way to JWF Resurrection, and we already know a few of those big matches we've got made. Big Cyrus Crane's going to go toe-to-toe with Scotty Moore for the Captain's Championship. We are going to see Val Curry face off against the woman who won a grueling number one contenders match last week, Ayana the Warrior Princess, and even more importantly, the JWF Championship will be on the line when the King of the Hill is set to defend against none other than Chuck Gibbons. That is right, Sills. We're going to have a great banger of a card to knock off this post-wrestle-palooza funk that you got going on, so get ready. That is right, and last week Chuck Gibbons certainly had a lot to say regarding Robert Hill, saying Robert Hill, a lot of what they say about him is true. He is an ass kicker. He is a brawler, but there's one thing Chuck Gibbons is better at than him, and it is professional wrestling. And let me tell you something, if you've got a title for the biggest wrestler in the business, probably needs to go to the person who's actually good at wrestling. Well, Sills, that is a, <laughs> that is a great consideration right there, but it also... It goes to the person that can pin their opponent to the mat for three seconds. And sometimes, Sills, all the wrestling ability in the world isn't going to stop you from a guy like Robert Hill. That's right. Everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the face. And Robert Hill is back this week after everything Chuck Gibbons said in his interview last week. And I think Robert has one hell of a response. Let's have a listen. Last week. Chuck Gibbons got interviewed and he went on and on and on about how much of a proud wrestler he is, how much of a fighter he is, and how old Robert Hill can't do what he does. Well, you know something, Gibbons? You're right. I can't put a headlock in that good. I can't wrestle a man down to the mat. Hell, I can barely pronounce the word Guga Pilata. But through all your gabbing and ranting and raving, you seem to have forgotten one thing, Chucky boy. Robert Hill don't need to know how to wrestle to win in that ring. Robert Hill don't need to know every single hold in the book because Robert Hill only knows a hold that matter. And that hold is the gaslighter picking you up and dropping you on your skull. It has taken out Momoa Curry. It has taken out Chuck Tibbs. And at Resurrection, it's gonna go for Chuck round two with you, Gibbons. Because believe me, I know what you're expecting when you get in that ring, Chuck. You're gonna headlock me, drop me down, hip toss, whole nine yards, all that good fancy pants wrestling stuff. But what you're actually getting into is gonna be far more dark and destructive than that. You see, Chuck, Robert Hill, 
Don't need no collar and elbow tie-ups. Robert Hill runs straight for you like a goddamn freight train. And if you ain't dead by the first time I run you over, I'll back my happy ass up and do it again and again and again. Because all you and your precious little wrestling Chuck Gibbons, it ain't gonna mean nothing. And at Resurrection, you ain't gonna be wrestling. You're gonna be in a fight. And I might not be able to out-wrestle you, Chuck. That's fine. I don't give a damn. Because I can sure as hell beat your ass into the mat. This JWF Championship ain't about wrestling no more, Chuck. It's about one thing and one thing only. Total destruction. Well, Tibbs, an emphatic showing starting off the show from Robert Hill, and it looks like he agrees with you that, hey, you can do all the fancy moves in the world, but that ain't going to mean a damn thing after you get dropped on your head by that massive beast, that king of the hill. Absolutely, Sills. We've seen it time and time again that somebody, when, when somebody like Robert Hill comes into the scene, it's not about wrestling, it's about pure destructive force. That's right, but hey, if you want to talk about someone who's been able to combine pure destructive force with technical skill, why don't we talk about our number one contender to the JWF Women's Championship, the woman known as Ayana, who won a devastating number one contenders match last week against Lucretia Pendragon and Tibbs. We know the long history between Val Curry and Ayana back in developmental in JXT. Absolutely, Sills. Val Curry and Ayana, they met on many different occasions. Uh, Val Curry, of course, she, she chased the JXT Championship, the JXT Women's Championship for months and months on end. Never able to get one over on Ayana, though. That is right. All I mean, she did get one over her in one instance. Her first match in JXT, her first match in developmental, Val Curry faced off against Ayana, who was on a hot, undefeated streak. And on that night, Valkyrie shocked the world by being able to get that victory. But ever since, she struggled. She struggled to get another victory over Ayana, which is going to make this one hell of a mountain for the champion to climb at Resurrection. But hey, let's quit our gabbing because the JWF Women's Champion is backstage right now with one of our top interviewers. So why don't we hear what Valkyrie has to say? Hello, everybody. Honey Potomac gravels in my throat here with the JWF Women's Champion, Val Curry. Now, Val, last week, Ayana defeated Lucretia Pindragon in an epic brawl to cement her spot at facing you for the JWF Women's Championship at Resurrection. I know you and Ayana have had a long history, so how do you react to this upcoming clash? I feel like this was always destined to happen. My very first night in developmental, my very first match was against Ayana. And at this time, Ayana was undefeated. She was a dominant champion and no one ever seemed to be able to put her down for that three count. But I did. When the championship was on the line, when gold was looming in my future, I never managed to get that three count again. You see, Ayana is a monster in that ring. I've got no hesitation saying that. 
She is a master of beautiful violence, and she earned the title Warrior Princess on her own merit. And no matter how many more opportunities I got against her, I never managed to get the victory. Flash forward four years later, and now the roles seem to have been reversed. Ayana and I both got called up to the main roster at the same time, and now I'm the one with this belt. I'm the undefeated goddess of this division, and it's Ayana fighting her way back to the top. And when we go toe-to-toe -to -toe at Resurrection, it's not going to just be about this title. It's going to be about the years of standing in her shadow. It's going to be about years of being looked at as the underdog that could never really manage to fight her way to be where she needed to be. Ayana, I've stood in your shadow long enough. And at Resurrection, I'm breaking out of that shadow and reminding you of exactly who I am. I'm the woman that ended your undefeated streak, and I embarrassed you. I'm the pinfall that you tried to hide away for so many months. I am the dirty little skeleton in your closet. And most importantly, I am the JWF Women's Champion, and I refuse to let you hide me away again. Well, Tibbs, you want to talk about somebody having a chip on her shoulder? It looks like all of those losses to Ayana back in developmental has certainly cemented a chip onto the shoulder of Val Curry, and it may be coming to a head at Resurrection. And let me tell you something, Sills. I know from experience that that one person that you can't defeat, that one person, they always occupy a special spot in your brain. And I could tell that Ion is occupying that spot in Val Curry's head right now. That is right, Tim. But for right now, we talked about Lucretia and Ayana, an epic number one contendership match. Let's get on to one more number one contendership match right now for the JWF Tag Team Championships as the former champions, the Hard Americans, the team of Sam Adams and Houston Longhorn. Longhorn are going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the men who failed in capturing the title at Wrestlepalooza, the Roanoke Boys. And Sills, let me tell you, the Roanoke Boys, since they're deciding to stick it out, get a little bit more tag team experience, maybe this is exactly what they need. They came within a hair's breadth of those tag team championships at Wrestlepalooza. A little bit more experience, a little bit more time to know your partner in the ring. Maybe they can do it. That's right, and that bell goes ding. Looks like we got Danny Roanoke starting off against Sam Adams with a beautiful collar and elbow tie-up. And let me tell you something, Tibbs. This may not be a wise move from Sam Adams because Danny Roanoke, nothing if not a mat technician, but ooh, Sam quickly turning it into a headlock, just trying to wear down Roanoke. Oh, but wait a minute, Danny rushing Sam back into the Roanoke boys' corner, delivering some vicious shots to the ribcage, and that's the thing about Danny Roanoke, that veteran experience that you just can't teach. Absolutely, Sills, and you can see it's thrown Sam Adams for a loop here at the opening of this match. That's all right, but you can see our referee Shibata being forced to call for the separation in the corner. And oh my God, Adams using that distraction to his advantage as he just takes a cheap shot at Hollywood Holcher, the tag team partner of uh, Danny Roanoke, knocking him off the apron. Do you think the Southern boys might be using the same technique that Bananas in Pajamas, the current champions, used at Wrestlepalooza? Just keep Danny Roanoke, the veteran, the man who we know has close to a full match card, keep him separated from the young gun, Hollywood Holcher. 
Well, Sills, that is a good point, and you know that the hard Americans, they are, they are well known for these dirty, cheap tactics uh, to, make, to use anything to their advantage. Maybe this is what they're doing, separating the Roanoke boys so they can keep uh, an easy target in Danny Roanoke. That's right, you can see Roanoke going for an Irish whip, but ooh, Sam Adams reversing it. And oh my god, Roanoke just being sent crashing into the turnbuckle, and now he is in enemy territory as Adams makes that hot tag to his partner, Houston Longhorn, who immediately is going after Danny Roanoke. Tibbs, let's not forget, you know Houston Longhorn and Danny Roanoke have history. Let's not forget, a couple of years ago, an epic feud between Houston and Danny over the JXT, our developmental territories, were World Heavyweight Championship. And it looks like that feud is wasting no time re reigniting because Houston is just pummeling the living hell out of Danny Roanoke. Uh, a little bit of vengeance after a long time apart, Sills. Uh, Danny Roanoke and Houston Longhorn, they, they used to fight together a lot back in the day. That's right, and now Danny being sent into the ropes before, oh, a big beautiful scoop slam from Houston just levels Roanoke. And unfortunately, Tibbs, looks like things are about to go from bad to worse as Houston just drags him over to that corner, tagging in Sam Adams. And oh no, Tibbs, look at this. Houston setting up for that vicious neck breaker, the cattle drive, before sending him into Sam Adams for a massive sobriety test. That big stunner just sent Roanoke flying, going for the pinfall as Sam Adams won. Two, ooh, the very last minute Hollywood Hulcher coming in to break up the pin. But let me tell you something, if it wasn't for, for Hollywood coming in, that might have been the end of the match right there. That is right, Sills. That was a beautiful combination of finishers right there on the part of the hard Americans. And if it wasn't for Hollywood Hulcher getting back up just in the nick of time, this would be over. That's right, you see Longhorn trying to scare off Hulcher, but Hulcher don't give a damn about that, tossing him to the outside before... What is Hollywood thinking here? Bouncing off the ropes. Top bank on Hero just wiping out Longhorn on the outside. And right now, Danny Roanoke has got to get back to his corner. But unfortunately, it looks like Sam Adams has tried to run some interference before. Oh, look at that. A big Hurricane Rana from Danny Roanoke just busting out of it with authority. Sending Sam into the turnbuckle before. Oh, Tibbs, we've seen this before. Danny Roanoke backing up. Beautiful knee strike from Roanoke straight to the skull of Adams before delivering that big bulldog into the corner. One, two. Ooh, Adams barely kicking out the last minute. And Tibbs, you can tell Roanoke couldn't get all of that pinfall. He's really struggling to hook the leg. Absolutely, Sills. He's taken a lot of damage, a lot of punishment here in this match. And he is not going to be at 100%. So he's going to have to get that tag in. That's right. And you can see both men now beaten, crawling towards their respective corners, begging for that tag. And Adams tags in Houston as Roanoke does it. Roanoke tags in Holcher, who's in like a house of fire. Beautiful springboard clothesline leveling Longhorn before who a cheap shot to Sam Adams, taking him off the apron. Might be a little payback for what happened earlier in the match, Dibs. Absolutely, Sills. You want to get a little bit of turnabout here in a situation like this. That's right, but unfortunately, at this, Houston using that distraction to his advantage. Rolls up Holcher. Rolls up Holcher, but no. Hollywood reverses, into, reverses it into a roll-up of his own. One, two. Oh, Houston kicking out, but it looks like Holcher's not done because he's picked him up. He's got him scouted. Hollywood Hills straight to the spine of Roanoke. That vicious backbreaker, but Tibbs, 
Looks like Holcher's not done. He is tagged in Roanoke. Who's going to that top rope? He's going to that place. Oh, beautiful flying elbow straight to the heart of Houston. Going for the pinfall is Roanoke. One, two, three. And Tibbs, just like that, the Roanoke boys securing a rematch against Bananas in Pajamas for the tag titles at Resurrection. And let me tell you right now, I think BNP should be running scared because the Roanoke boys just proved that they can get the job done when the pressure is on. have to agree with you right there, Sills. Uh, like I was saying before this match started, uh, the Roanoke boys, they came out first shot as a tag team, basically, and they were damn impressive. They just needed a little bit more experience, a little bit more uh, time in the ring as tag team competitors, and it looks like they are almost ready to be champions in their own right. That's right, and you want to talk about new tag teams. Why don't we talk about new superstars here in this company? I mean, at Wrestlepalooza, we saw the phenomenal debut of the man known as Papa Bliss, a man who was an absolute standout in our developmental territory, JXT. Last week, had uh, entered a losing effort in a match against the Dillon, but... We are not talking about the match. We're talking about what happened after that because after Papa Bliss suffered that loss, Gazi, Papa Bliss's former tag team partner, came out to the ring and just beat the absolute hell out of Papa Bliss. It, it seems like you want to talk about Val Curry having a chip on her shoulder. Gazi seems to have one about a mile wide. Uh, since Papa Bliss and Gazi, outside of their tag team action in JXT, they have been known just as well for fighting against each other. And I bet that both of those guys have some unfinished business from JXT that's bled over here into the JWF. That's right, and Papa Bliss is backstage right now with one of our top interviewers, so why don't we hear what the Big Papa has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, Dad the Dad McDaddle backstage here with the most recent addition to the JWF roster, Papa Bliss. Now, Papa, despite only being here a few weeks, you've already found yourself in hot water with the nightmare known as Ghazi, who last week claimed that as long as you are here in the JWF, he will find a way to hurt you. And how do you, how do you respond to this? Well, to be honest with you, it... It don't make me angry, just disappointed. You see, Gauzy likes to claim that I embarrassed him when I beat him in his final match at JXT. But you see something, Gauzy? I didn't want to be your final match in JXT because I wanted to embarrass you. I did it because <laughs> I respect you, son. I respected you and I wanted to have your last match in developmental be against me because I wanted to see what you were made of. And I was damn proud that night, and I was damn proud the night I saw you debut on this roster. And even more proud to see you facing off against some of the greats, Chuck Tibbs, Blake Tanner, men who are future Hall of Famers. But then I started to see how you were acting, beating people down backstage, assaulting people with steel pots. That wasn't, that's not the same boy that I knew back in JXT. Seems your time on the main roster was changing you. And I didn't want to see that happen. I wanted to see the Ghazi I became tag team champions with. I wanted to see the Ghazi that I fought against for the JXT championship. But instead, well boy, you've been deciding to act up. Doing things the wrong way. So I talked to Captain Tibbs and I came to this main roster to show you the error of your ways and get you back 
on the right path, the winning path. But it seems like Ghazi ain't interested in listening right now. So I'm gonna have to beat that lesson into him if I gotta. And believe me, Ghazi, it's gonna hurt me a lot more than it'll hurt you, but it's what's gotta be done. Because boy, right now, with Papa Bliss on the main roster, that means that JWF is Papa Bliss's house. And when you're under Papa Bliss's roof, you live under Papa Bliss's rules. And I will enforce those rules through any means necessary. Well, Tibbs, Papa Bliss making it clear right there that he is prepared to take down Ghazi if he's got it. And let me tell you something, I, I think the boy may just have it coming to him. Well, Sills, <laughs> as a father myself, I do know that there are certain boundaries you gotta set, and there are certain disciplinary actions that you need to take upon your children. Now, I did not meet my son until he was 25 years old, but still, I get it. That is right. But speaking of another man who has had some retribution coming to him as of late, let's talk about our captain's champion himself, Scotty Moore, a man who was beat down, assaulted by the team of Big Cyrus Crane and his manager, Lawrence Whitney, just a few weeks back, took Scotty off a of TV last week. And last week, Lawrence claimed that this was because everything Scotty Moore is based on ego. Everything he does is based around what is best for Scotty Moore. And to be honest with you, Tibbs, I may not like the actions that Lawrence and Big Cyrus are taking, but I, I got to agree with him. You know, Sills, it's uh, doing bad things for good reasons in their eyes. And I honestly, like you said, I can't blame them. I can't let them keep doing it. Can't blame them. That is right, but of course we know Scotty Moore, the captain's champions, challenged Cyrus Crane to a match at Resurrection, putting his captain's title on the line. And of course, last week, Lawrence Whitney emphatically saying that that title is coming home to the house of Whitney. But for right now, Scotty Moore's in our ring, so why don't we hear what the captain's champ has to say? So according to Lawrence Whitney, the proverbial bill has come due for Scotty Moore. The years of lying and cheating and stealing my way to the top is finally going to bite me and send me crashing back down to the earth. And to be honest with you, good. I mean, if anybody deserves it, it's probably me, right? I mean, I shoved an old man through a flaming table. I kicked my own father in the face and cut. We do not even need to get into what I do on my off time. So you know what? Good. I'm excited to finally get my comeuppance, and I'm excited to see what comes next because... Okay, I'm going to tell a story, and I, I promise it'll, it'll all make sense at the end. You see, when I started training in professional wrestling, I remember my trainer looking at me and grabbing my Wrestlepalooza tickets out of my hand and ripping them up in front of my face. And then he looked at me and he said, you are no longer a fan. You're a professional wrestler. And from that moment on, that's all I was. I trained, I ate, I slept professional wrestling, but... But I never got to see it live. You know, I never got to enjoy the roar of the crowd from down here in the front rows to all the way up there in those cheap seats. It was just all me, all business, all Scotty Moore. And then last year, Captain Tibbs gave me and my friend Blake Tanner the honor of hosting JXT. 
a developmental show for the young, up-and-coming wrestlers, and, and damn if that show didn't make me a fan of this shit again. You know what I mean? I, it made me feel that excitement I felt as a kid at my first ever Wrestlepalooza. It made me excited for the future of this company, and right now it appears as if the future is knocking at my door. In the form of Big Cyrus Crane and Lawrence Whitney. And look, Cyrus, I was there when I first saw you debut in JXT. I saw you become the JXT champion. I saw you go against everyone's expectation and dominate that division. And to be honest with you, I believe you are the future of this company. I believe you are a future JWF World Heavyweight Champion. I believe you are a future Hall of Famer. But... You are not the present of this company. You're not the guy who busted his ass day in and day out to keep this company alive, to keep the JWF afloat. And you damn sure are not going to be the one who's taken my title away from me. Because I am the gatekeeper to the future. And Cyrus Crane, your road to glory goes right through me. Well, Tibbs, it looks like, strangely enough, I don't think I'd have, I've ever said this before, Scotty Moore agrees with us. Says that he is waiting for his comeuppance, that he's been expecting this to come, that he's excited for the future, and Tibbs, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Well, Sills, I'm glad that he finally realized that he is going to have to take his lumps, especially after uh, listing off all those horrible things that he did. I don't remember when he put an old man through a flaming table specifically, but that was horrible. <laughs> well, Tibbs, I, I can show you the tapes later if you need a reminder of that. But uh, it looks like Scotty Moore, he's willing to take his lumps, and I think in the form of Big Cyrus Crane, those lumps are going to be big, and they are going to be brutalistic when they face off at JWF Resurrection. But hey, before that, we got a whole lot of ignition to get through, especially next week, where the man who defeated Momoa Curry at Wrestlepalooza, the Jebeduk, makes his return to this company as he faces off against the Nightmare, Ghazi. And Tibbs, you know Papa Bliss is going to be watching that match very closely. Absolutely, Sills. After what we heard from Papa Bliss, you know that he's going to take every action that Ghazi does, and he's going to scrutinize it. That's right. In addition to that, we are going to hear the first words from the warrior princess herself, Ayana, and what we have to expect when she faces off against Val Curry with the JWF Women's Championship hanging in the balance. And speaking of championships in the balance, why don't we have a little preview of Resurrection next week in an epic tag team main event that was just announced as Robert Hill teams with the number one contender Cyrus Crane to take on Chuck Gibbons and Scotty Moore and what is to be an absolutely epic clash. You know what, Sills? I love a good old champion challenger, a tag team kerfluffle. That is right, but that's going to be next week. So until then, remember to support us at patreon.com slash a load of BS and pick up merch for your favorite superstars at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. And don't forget to tune in next week. We're going to have a lot more action that Sills just told you about. And we got a lot more coming down the pipe before Resurrection.
That is right, but until next time, he's been Captain Tibbs, I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Monday Night Ignition, and we will see you next time.